Justin Farmer inviting you to be in community with us about conversations that matter and people making a difference. Our guest today is Abdul Asmanu, a councilman for the 3rd District in Hamden. Uh, this is his second term. Thank you, the Honorable Abdul Razak Asmanu, for joining us on the program. No, I, uh, I uh it um it, it it's really uh it it's really great to to be in community. I uh I um you know, I it, it's wild to see um that uh you knowing you since you were like what, 14, 15 to now knowing you now um you know, I wanted to have you on the program. I know that Bridgeport has passed a ceasefire resolution. Uh, I know that you are the preponderance of raising it in Hamden, and y'all are voting on that tonight. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, who are you as a person, right? Well, who is Abdul Asbanu? That Okay, I hear myself. All right, yep. yeah. all right the audio is <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, I think that's you know a rather you know complex question. Um, one that um, in all certainty and honesty, um, I find as my daily mission. Um, to you know continue figuring out who I am as I'm you know your average twenty two year old. Um, and t- most twenty two year olds really don't have who they are figured out. Um, but really at the core of who I am, I'm just your average twenty two year old. Um, I'm a lovely son, um, uh, uh, grandson, uh, mm-hmm. n- uh, nephew, um, and all of the above. Um, and I think really at the core of who I am. Um, is stepping out of the voids of my comfort um, and standing up for what I think is right um, and standing up um, in coalition and alongside the people um, from which, you know, I'm um, carrying the beliefs that I believe um, and, uh, you know, having the opportunity to actually speak to people um, and get to know them. Um, I think that really is at the core of who I am as a person, um, regardless of what space I really find myself in. Mm. No, that... that um I know that to be true. Uh, um, you know, the, the, I think one of the core things that people are, are 
pondering, right? There, there is the intersectionality of, of us as individuals, right? Uh, and, and how those things converge and, and what things are important to us and what values they'll speak to. Um, with all that being said, right? you belong to a multitude of communities right um but what what does the word even mean to you right like what what is community in your mind i think there's an uh i think it's actually great of you to actually delve into like the idea of you know um individual thinking of yourself as an individual as well as a community actually reminds me of a really great conversation i had with a friend on a hike um really recently um where you know we were talking about um how we live in an age where uh the talk of like therapy um and you know self-improvement um is so you know individualized um that like the highest form of self-love that i really can identify in this current time for myself is being in community Mm -hmm. um and sharing community and you know taking time to care tender uh you know give tender care to um and appreciation to my community um and it's not only you know fulfilling in like a collective way um really uh fulfilling in a really individual way as well um so to me i think that um thinking about all the identities um that you know pour into one abdul razak osmanu uh you know using those not in a way of it's like these are completely separate identities um there's places um where you know these identities really do interact in quite beautiful ways um, and it, it just overall, you know, gives me the opportunity to have a more well-formed uh, perspective of the world because um, I've been able to see the world as like a Muslim man. I've been able to see the world as like a black man. I've been able to see the world um, having parents that, uh, you know, being a first generation immigrant um, and, and so much more. Um, and, you know, I, I truly see it as a blessing um, in the way that those have been really able to give me like a really um, well-guided um, perspective well-formed perspective um, of how I you know see the world um, but then also you know at times there are times where you know there are some conflicting ideals values things of some sort um, and that really teaches you how to you know manage that um, when you encounter other people uh, because you know w- once you're able to you know really critically think about that in relation to yourself um, applying that likewise um, with the folks that you interact with in the world um, in a loving and respectful manner uh, really does become that much easier you put in that self-work in that aspect Mm. no i i I, um you know i i've had the opportunity to travel uh uh uh, a decent bit myself uh uh and uh hold space in the multitude of places um you know i faith is something that is important to me i um I, uh, uh, despite being a public persona in, in some ways, although now I'm a private citizen, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, it's always been something that, that is, is close to me. And so, um, you know, I remember, uh, uh, going to Tunisia a couple of summers ago, uh, and, and uh, going to, uh, um, the 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 mosque of Karawan and 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 being in that space um and seeing someone else who had a physical disability and, and as people know right me with Tourette's and wearing headphones 
uh, to, to manage my disability. It, it was a beautiful thing to be in community with people and, and to pray, right? Not in my tradition, but in another tradition, uh, to be in community with my friend Yusin and, and, and take in, right, um, the ability to be in community and, and, and kinship. And so, you know, I, I've heard people talk about the conflict going on right now uh, in, in Palestine and Israel as something as religious and spiritual. Um, uh, and, and I take issue and pause with that. Um, but but I, I, I want to get your perspective of, of, you know, how do you view religion and how does that impact right how you show up and come in, into community and, and into uh spaces yeah um i think that um the first time i really recall um speaking about this with someone um was maybe like two years ago there's you know a good friend um, that went to the divinity school had a project um and you know decided to um, talk to me about how you know faith really um informs itself in like the way i move um, as a public official, um, and just, you know, how, like, the development of my politics has really, you know, emerged, um, and I think that it really does, um, it really has played, like, a really big role, um, especially, um, the more I've really gotten into all of this, um, and part of it is really just finding out that, you know, these core values that I really do have from, like, a political standpoint were informed by my, you know, upbring my religious upbringings, um, where, you know, I'm just like, cool, like, you should, try to know your neighbors actually have like actual good relationship with your neighbors um you should you know honor your promises um which actually funny enough is why um i don't think people understand that um why i actually don't make promises to my constituents that, that i don't know i can't actually follow up on um there's an element of there that that that's actually there mm. um and and just so much more from like the micro to the macro um of you know not only like how what i you know find myself to politically believe um, and that, you know, we should be doing our best to, you know, uplift and take care of others, um, not only in the manner of like charity, but like actual equity and uh, redistribution, um, where uh, I remember I was meeting with some uh, Muslim sisters uh, to talk about uh, uh, some current work and matters that, you know, we have, you know, going on um, and are, I'm hopefully looking to, you know, talk about and announce uh, pretty soon. Um, inshallah. We, we, yeah, inshallah. <laughs> And we were talking about the concept of one, you know, the five major pillars of Islam, which is um, zakat, which um, in like our you know capitalist society and system has kind of in a weird way been misconstrued to mean like charity, which is like, no, it's just more than charity. It's actually, you know, diving into, you know, the um, redistribution of wealth, um, as well as, you know, the um, uh, concept of, you know, cleaning your money. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, those are some things that have really been able to um uh, you know, guide me, um, and, you know, inform me to who I am. Um, and it's in an interesting, like symbiotic sort of way, um, where they influence one another, um, and I actually strengthen one another, um, where like in times I've been able to see that my politics strengthen my faith and my faith strengthens my politics. So, yeah. Yeah. So not the greenwashing or the wall street washing. Um, uh, for those of y'all who are just joining us, you're listening to just in time conversations, WNHHFM 103.5 here on the New Haven Independent. Uh, our guest today is uh, Abdul Ismanu, councilman from Hamden, 
uh, talking about faith, talking about the ceasefire resolution coming to Hamden this uh, evening. Um, you know, uh, that that's a very interesting thing. I I, I think during my time, uh, uh, I probably felt more spiritual, uh, right? Faith, the idea of faith and works, right? I, I felt mm -hmm. that through my works, my faith increased. Uh, um, you know, the personal is political, right? And mm -hmm. the political is personal. And so, you know, what are the personal stakes, right, that you mm -hmm. feel that you have that has, has led you to be in office and then to propose this resolution? Yeah, I think um, when we're talking about being in office, um, it's, you know, looking around at the community that was able to raise me um, mm -hmm. and understanding that, you know, there's generations worth of um, lack of attention um, and disempowerment um, there is no, you know, there is no uh, mystical reason to think about as to why, uh, you know, you see low vote totals um, in some of our parts of town. And that's because people have been generationally disenfranchised um, and made felt that, you know, their voices don't really matter. Um, and as I like to think, um, if you're working two shifts in one day um, and, you know, the one little time of your day that you're going to take out to go to, you know, town council, um, to actually, you know, speak your, you know, speak to your concerns and your voice. Um, and if those, you know, concerns aren't really validated, um, what is, so what is one to really, you know, actually make of the system that, you know, we really have. Um, so, uh, kind of taking part of that, um, and understanding, um, some of the dejected, uh, nature, um, uh, of, of folks that, you know, live in the community, um, but understanding that like, you know, it, it takes not just one person. It, it does not take just me. Um, it, it takes just a few people, um, coming together, um, uh, inspiring the community to, you know, continue telling their stories, um, and to act as collective, um, to really be able to inspire change. Um, and I think that, you know, that's really, you know, some of the personal stakes that, uh, guided me. Um, I always did have a liking, um, for, um, politics. Um, but you know, the, the, the personal aspect of local politics, um, something that jumped out to me so, so early, um, where, you know, when you're like 14 or 13, you're kind of seeing everything like at the national level and whatsoever. Um, and Washington feels so far away and displaced. Um, then, you know, I, I'd actually say, yeah, cause you know, we had really great folks, um, such as you, uh, <laughs> uh, other times, you know, you, you have to find it. Um, it's not, uh, every day that, um, it, you know, the opportunities and things get to find you. Um, but yeah, you know, having that opportunity to actually understand that like, nope, there is more than just the federal government. Um, and that comes with the opportunity to actually, uh, have real meaningful power and build power, um, alongside and coalition with people. Um, and, um, something that I've also came to, um, appreciate are the relationships, um, and mm -hmm. friendships um, that you build with folks along the way. Um, so I would say, you know, speaking to that, um, and with this resolution, um, it was something that I thought about for a while. Um, I'll be very serious about that. Um, in fact, um, I recall actually meeting with Jasmine uh, Melendez um, in November. The council um, person in Bridgeport. Bridgeport. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, 
plethora of things um uh, and actually amazing opportunity to actually uh you know meet her meet with her and sit down with her because um, i recall one of the big politicization moments for me um was showing up to por- protest in bridgeport um uh, for her brother um jason uh, so kind of a full circle moment in that but one of the things that we really did talk about uh, was you know her idea of like a ceasefire resolution um and like i was absolutely impressed uh with how well put together it was um and to be able to see that you know play out in action um absolutely proud of her um and the good people in bridgeport um that really did you know put work to that um being the first in the state um if i asked people um where they you know would have expected for the first resolution to pass would they have said bridgeport i don't know um but nonetheless bridgeport actually did do the work of actually you know making sure that they could you know pass this um and yeah you know, make this stand on, you know, one of the biggest humanitarian crises of our time. Um, but in relation to myself, I really do see this as, you know, an opportunity to really take a stand against something that isn't exactly, I, I, I think I'd really like to make a point of the fact that this isn't exactly, it, you could say it's the actual politics of it are polarizing, but if you were to look at every single poll, that is out on this um there is a rather staggering consensus that like the american people do want to see an immediate ceasefire it's 76 percent with democrats it's 59 percent with independents and shocking of all it's 49 percent with republicans um in this time where there's issues that are even more like there's issues that you know statistically are more polarizing um, this is one that has a rare amount of consensus around it. Um, so it's not only just that. Uh, it's not my job to only, you know, do what is popular. It's my job to do what I believe is morally right. Um, and we look at, you know, cases such as with um, apartheid in South Africa. Mm. Uh, one of the things that was really instrumental to getting the ball rolling on that was local councils across the country taking a stand and saying, no, we are against apartheid um, in South Africa. Uh, so I'd rather actually address this issue and have conversations around it, um, than shy away from it. because uh, as I've, you know, said in conversations with people, um, some of these terms that, you know, we use in describing what's currently going on, whether we are talking about the possibility of it being a ethnic cleansing, the possibility of it being a genocide. Um, unfortunately, by the time we actually usually do agree on these terms, the <laughs> yes i'm like and i say this not only in just like a really opinionated like manner i'm like i had the pleasure of being able to study um genocide studies um a little bit in like undergrad um and yeah nine times out of ten by the time that um your international um community uh actually comes into some sort of consensus around acting around it um by the time that we're actually um, applying language um to it to you know uh, officially say what it is um despite the fact that oftentimes there is evidence um in correlation with the 10 steps of uh genocide that you know were put out by Raphael lemkin you know by the time we really get to, around to that much of the damage has already been done um and if i can go to sleep tonight um knowing that um i forced people to have this uncomfortable conversation um and really acknowledge the fact that there is something going on um, regardless of how you feel about this you know um conflict um and what is going on like there is something that we need to address that is going on um 30,000 people 30,000 plus people uh cuz you know if we're looking at you know both sides of this conflict don't just like that 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 that's just not something that just you should 
check off as like, oh, this is just regular things happening. Like, no, that requires like an actual conversation. Um, because, you know, if you don't have those conversations, that just leads to actual more violence. Uh, so it's uh, it's an endeavor that uh, I don't take lightly uh, being able to introduce this. Uh, there has been a lot of heated debate on it. Um, and I think that is perfectly fine. Um, if we are not able to disagree in love, then mm. nine times out of 10, it'll end up being disagreement in like what we are actually seeing unfold, you know, before us right now. Yeah. For, for those of y'all who are joining us, you're listening to just in time conversations, WNHH FM 103.5, uh, just in time conversations with Abdul Asmanu, our guest counselor in Hamden. Uh, talking about the ceasefire resolution uh, happening tonight in Hamden. Um, you know, I, you, you raised some, some, you know, interesting points for me, which, which is, you know, that, you know, we, we can't have a consensus in all things in terms of perspective of how we come to something. Um, but we all are affected by stuff. And so, you know, I, I often hear this question from people, which is like, well, what gives you the right to talk about this? Have you been there? Da, 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 da. Right. You know, how do you feel that you're connected to this conflict? Right. Well, my, and does that matter? It actually very much does matter. Um, a, like, just as much as I'm elected to be the fiscal responsibility, uh, one of the fiscal stewards of the town, I dually see myself as elected to actually represent the moral interests of the town. Mm -hmm. um, and to even give the synopsis, um, we had constituents call for this for two weeks straight. Mm -hmm. um, prior to, you know, this being raised, we reached out to those constituents. We drafted a version of it. We workshopped it with people um, that had concerns about it. 80% um, of the edits that were actually made to the original document were pe from people that were concerned, um, had, you know, the opportunity to actually sit down, talk to them, address their concerns, um, make edits that are, uh, you know, were in line with um, their concerns, um, and then, you know, create this uh, finished document. Um, and I think I really took time to value the um, work of people um, and the, uh, the labor that people, you know, put into it, the time that people put into it. Um, because, you know, this is a community conversation that we are trying to have. Um, and it should be, you know, the, the document in of itself is, you know, the work of the community. It's like I said, it may say the name Abdul Razak Osmano on it, but it is the work of many, many others other than myself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that, um, it's that, um, we have a moral obligation to, uh, once again, the amount of money that we are actually sending into this conflict. Um, it's unimaginable. Um, the things that we would, I, I, I think that um, folks often say that like the things that we would be able to pay for um, and fund in our communities, uh, but it's so much more than that. Um, the things that we'd be able to fund in our communities, the actual humanitarian aid that we'd be able to supply across the world, um, and, and so much more uh, that we see, you know, currently being spent on continuing uh, this, you know, uh offensive assault uh that you know we're seeing unfold before us at this moment mm. i uh, um you know the, the, the it, it is often uh it, 
it isn't often that um, people actually engage and address tension, right? Mm. I think about, right, it's Black History Month, so I often think about King talking about passive peace, right? Uh, which rather than peace with justice, right? Or peace and justice uh, requires tension, okay. right? And so, um, you know, that friction is the conversation. That friction is, is actually talking about what could be done, what should be done. And so, you know, on, on a local context, uh, what do you hope to achieve by having this resolution, right? Because I think some people, their argument is, you know, and we can get into it and yeah. touch on it, um, where some people argue that, you know, the, the, this is opening a wound for some Jewish community members, and, and it's not the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know when the right time is to talk about tension, but... yeah. You know, what, what, what do you hope to achieve by ha- putting this resolution out? I think one of the things that I really do hope to achieve um, is really address um, not only um, concerns that we have um, from folks that are appalled by their military, you know, their tax dollars being um, used to wage um, a military campaign that has been at the bare minimum careless um, and not really regarding at all um, the, you know, civilian lives. Um, but to also really, you know, uh, address some of the issues that we have kind of seen, um, in our community. Um, now I know since, um, the introduction of it, there's, you know, been some really intense conversations about this. Um, but one of the things that we actually did add, um, in working on this, um, in conjunction with folks, uh, you know, uh, constituents that are Jewish, um, is, you know, really addressing that we have had incidences of anti-Semitism in Hampton, mm-hmm. um, there was the Michigan Israel um, synagogue um, that you know had bomb threats called into it three times, and this is actually before October seventh. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, there are is- there's are there are, there are issues of anti Arab sentiment as well as issues of anti Semitism um, that you know predated October seventh, uh, and uh, whether we want to pretend like these are things that just only like appeared and existed on October 7th or not. Um, we have to address them at some point, um, through, you know, dialogue. Uh, and yes, like it is going to be something that is like, you know, tough and painful, but it is also a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, cause there's no other way that I really see actually making progress on this as community and being able to, um, you know, come to a point of, you know, loving one another and understanding one another through these, you know, different distance, uh, disagreements that, you know, maybe had, um, where I remember talking to colleagues and saying that like, cool, this is not something that I'm just trying to get past and for us to go home and feel happy about. Cause there's nothing to be happy about on any side of the situation. Uh, and with that comes, you know, the responsibility, um, as adults to have, you know, frank conversations um because what are we uh, okay this sounds kind of weird because i'm only 22 um but what are we to model to our younger um people um on how to actually you know work around and solve their conflicts uh we oftentimes you know guide people um in their young age to you know talk their situations out um be able to have dialogue and discourse in you know respectful manner um 
and right now is an opportunity to really actually show that um where tonight i know you know we're going to have uh there's a there's a few high school students that have really been um interested in showing up um and tonight is our opportunity to model to them what um healthy democracy um and you know peaceful um civil discourse really looks like i i you know i i think about how you know we we as a community right um you know re reflect larger communities right mm -hmm. can new haven county is oddly reflective of the u.s as a whole as aggregate from the census yeah like if you take our snapshot it's pretty much what america looks like in terms of its diversity um which is wild to me right um you know i you talk about modeling good behavior for the next generation you, you've talked about um you know non-violence um you know what I, I i often think about you know the 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 matters of october 7th and, and hear people talk about you know the act of terror that happened mm -hmm. um but all the mention of peaceful demonstrations and you know the, the protests for the right to return and all these other uh, uh actions right mm -hmm. to 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 elevate the issue to monetize the issue to 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 come to some resolution of what what is to happen with the palestinian people um you know nonviolence is often talked about in a black tradition right because mm -hmm. we've seen it successful through the civil rights movement um you know what what is what should our commitment to peace be and what does that look like i think that our commitment to should be to really lead with um love and peace um uh, it's one of the more difficult things to actually uh you know do because i understand people's emotions and tensions can really get high um even if you're as detached from this situation i mean like in a physical sense um as many of us are um but i think with that understanding of like actual you know peace and nonviolence comes the need to actually understand like the context of which um violence actually like occurs um, I find that like as critically and crucially important um, as, you know, there is always like need to really investigate and understand like the underpinnings of like why certain things, you know, happen. Doesn't actually mean that it's like good or bad, um, but like actually understanding and interrogating why. Um, it is not simply enough for me as like a educated 22 year old college graduate, 22 year old um, to just say like, oh, that happened. That's bad. But, like, you need to actually understand, like, why that was bad, um, have a conversation as to why that was bad and what could have been done differently. Um, and then, like, yeah, like that, that is actually how I believe conflict resolution and peace is actually achieved. Um, taking time to actually understand, analyze the nuances of every possible thing, um, regardless of whether you think it is like, you know, um, belonging to the good or bad binary that um, you hold. 
um and then you know assessing it from there um it's not really enough to just you know say like cool peace 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 if anything falls outside of those lines and binaries we automatically are uh, coming against it but it's also understanding like why um and analyzing it and doing like the actual critical work and critical thinking um because that's what actually solves the problem rather than just saying bad uh, now is that a conversation to have on a local level possibly but it's definitely a conversation that should be had at the federal level because um, it's just like yeah like I, I i we were in iraq for 20 years 20 plus <laughs> years most of my more than my life um did we solve anything in iraq no facts um for those of y'all who are joining us you're listening to just in time conversations wn fm 103.5 our guest today abdul Osmanu, councilman from hamden talking about a ceasefire resolution um you yeah but yeah we were in iraq for 20 years uh i often think of it as interesting right because in the moment after the act of terror being 9-11 um we had so many people who were all about retribution mm -hmm. right um and then we looked back and we said oh you know the people who spoke their truth right which i hope to believe is a greater truth which is we should have never been in iraq right mm -hmm. and, and the geopolitics is difficult but uh I think I've been struggling with this idea of America's economy is made and built off of war yeah. and conflict. Um, we are at the heart of it in Connecticut. Right? We, <laughs> right? We, we are in the heart of it in Connecticut, right? People cannot, right? We, we'll talk about just transition in terms of a Green New Deal. We'll talk about just transition in terms of, you know, AI, right? Mm -hmm. Um we haven't talked about that in transforming right like right pratt and whitney right mm -hmm. uh, uh uh cult right uh the sub bases here right yeah uh sikorsky right many people in connecticut will not be able to feed themselves if we are not making weapons of war on an active regular basis which means there needs to be conflict which means we're principally involved and invested in that. And so how do we change, right? How do, how do we change that dynamic? Yeah. I mean, I think that is something that really does have importance at the local level. Um, one of the things that was added um, to the resolution um, is kind of asking, you know, we're headed into budget season, um, asking the town to really put forth uh, like a report of some sorts um on what you know the town is like invested in uh you know bonds that it holds and whatsoever um and it's actually partially it's mostly inspired by you actually justin because <laughs> um, uh, i recall um you know about two years ago uh you know being con you being conscious about um not only just the environment um but you know things such as you know the military industrial complex um and really asking you know where are our dollars going um you know we have there's people in this town that pay a ton of tax 
and I would, you know, as the steward of that, you know, of those finances, like to know where we're investing it in, um, as I believe that, you know, it should be in line with what people actually believe and think in this town. Um, and I think that is the first step uh, to really talking about, you know, what a just transition looks like uh, within like the military industrial complex. Uh, because, you know, you the idea of a Green New Deal um, is radically is about radically transforming, you know, the, 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 the structure of the country that we live in. Uh, whether we're talking about it from like the infrastructural standpoint, uh, jobs, the climate, the environment, um, but also um, also equity um, with the actual just transition aspect of it. Um, but also another real part of it um, is addressing imperialism um, and, and the war machine that we've bred um, that, you know, like you said, necessitates conflict, violence, and war. There are people... Um, and I think this is this is what people really need to wrap their heads around. There are people that are going to be making that are making lifetimes and generations worth of money off of the back of the conflicts that we have going on. There are people that are profiting from this. Uh, and I that drive policy. And yes, this drives policy. And I would hope that people would be able to come to the conclusion that that is objectively wrong. I'm like cool I get it I'm a socialist whatever like my beliefs on like markets and whatever but fundamentally to be making money off of the deaths despair and pain of anybody is just so I'm like I morality is something that like I hold close to my heart but do not try I try to not project on others too much but that is woefully immoral and if we are not having those conversations uh, once again, like where where do we wish to go as a people um, if we're not having those tough, frank, honest conversations about things such as that? Facts, right? I I I I I, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, we we've talked a lot about feelings, right? Um, h- how do you feel? Mm-hmm. in in this moment as a person uh more importantly uh you know do you feel by the actions of, of our federal government the president do you feel that you're represented no i i personally do not feel like i'm represented but it is so far beyond like me myself as like an individual like I said, 76% of Democrats don't feel uh, represented by this. 59% of independents don't feel in, in, uh, represented by this. 49% of Republicans don't feel represented by this. And that is a major issue that, you, you know, if something has that much relative consensus and it's not being followed through on and that, you know, once again, I'm like, if you are struggling to get people to believe in democracy, um and the ability the idea and ability that they have agency um in the societies that they live in it's tough to sell that to someone um when you're looking at like a situation such as that uh where there is pretty broad support for it uh so i i think that yeah it's it's tough it, it you really don't feel represented uh but also understanding that it's just much bigger than you know 
uh, myself or and other uh, you know other individuals that I might know. This is like actually like a collective issue um, to grapple with uh, our understandings, faiths, and belief in uh, liberal democracy. I, I you know the the you know UNRWA having its funding cut. Uh, uh, to to support humanitarian aid uh, uh, in Gaza. Uh, at the same time, we give thirteen billion for weapons tanks. Right? It, you know, if you could convey, talk to individuals who have concerns about this resolution. You know, if you could talk to them directly, what, you know, what would you say? I think that um, it would probably go just as similarly to the conversations that I've already had before. I think if I'm to be really frank, one of the disheartening things that I've really seen is that some of the concerns have been directed to folks other than me. Uh, behind me around me uh, which like cool like this is not like once again just pushing it like this is not just my work this is the work of many many other people uh, my phone number is public uh, and any bit of conversation um, could have drove this into being like something that is just more reflective um, but I think the conversations that would be had that is that like this is an issue that really does impact us at the local level um, if it's able to elicit such a response from someone, then it is therefore something that we should be talking about. Uh, it, it can be an uncomfortable conversation, um, but race is also an uncomfortable conversation. Um, yet it's a conversation that like I actually see, you know, likewise are, you know, conversations that we need to have. Um, if you wish for progress to really be, you know, something that is achieved, uh, then conversations are one of the most peaceful, effective tools that you really do have in your back pocket. Um, so I, I think that um, if I were to have someone that, you know, comes forth with concerns, I would go over the document with them. Because um, I will say some of the concerns that, like, I have heard from people, I can easily actually point out to the resolution that we drafted, uh, which, I mean, if I'm being serious, this resolution probably has had at least close to 30 co-authors or people that have like looked over it um for like input and by that i mean like constituents um both muslim and jewish constituents um passing it off to um uh folks that you know specialize in human rights law um and all the above and in between um such a wide range of like ages races beliefs uh belief uh, religious beliefs um and so on and so forth um so that is not to shut down the like concerns that people may have um, but also let them know that, you know, this is something that we actually wanted to build in coalition with people. Uh, the idea of it being divisive, I feel like is the, the, the term terming it as divisive, I feel is in really bad faith um, and kind of speaks almost to like an which it's, it's, it's acceptable, but it speaks to an ignorance of how this was actually put together. Um, and like the idea um, and beliefs of how, you know, what was, you know, wanting to be achieved. Um, which is a conversation, a substantive conversation, um, but also really taking action um, because 
if I'm being serious at this point, not taking action is an action even in of itself. Facts. Always. Um, where, you know, like I said, people five to ten years from now will probably sound very different on this issue than they do right now. And that is not me saying that braggadociously as like some sort of um, look or at like a crystal ball um, that is nine times out of ten just like how these things go and how history goes. Um, you look at Rwanda. Um, people did not call it a genocide until um, things got really, really, really bad. You look at Yugoslavia. Same thing uh, with uh, Srebrenica. Uh, similar things. Um, and you just look at this over the course of history and time. Uh, so I would rather not want to be a passive onlooker uh, of tragedy as it occurs throughout history and would rather actually like to take a stand um, and actually stimulate that conversation, even if it is uncomfortable um, to folks, because we will all be better for it at the end of it. Uh, and it takes some of that uncomfortableness to actually be able to move into a better place of uh, comfort. Uh, if people didn't talk about racism because it made uh, them uncomfortable, would we have made it to the Civil Rights Act of 1968? Uh, would we have, you know, abolished slavery? Uh, quote, air quote, because of the 13th Amendment. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like there's an element of like change that requires discomfort. There's and like you can point me out to any bit of change that has ever occurred in history, whether for the better, better or worse, that there has not been a level of discomfort that has had to accompany it. There is no such thing as that. Um, and uh, I, I, I really do wish and dream and hope that we were privileged enough as like a global society um, where change could be possible um, for all of us um, without uh, discomfort. But that's just not really the case ever. As we come towards the end of our time, um, briefly, just what are the key elements in this resolution? Where is the vote taking place? Mm -hmm. And um, of course, always, what's a song that we can remember you by? All right, I'll. Uh, so first was um, like uh, what, what was what was key highlights of the resolution? Key highlights of the resolution. Um, so I think that uh, there is. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a f resolution that has footnotes. Um, this is like actually well, 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 well sourced information. Like I mean, from like the United Nations, um, international criminal courts, and whatsoever um like this like the language of this is actually some of the most strongest language that i've actually ever seen like proposed at the like at the actual like municipal level across the country um and we really do take time to also relate it back to the local um whether we're talking about um incidences of like anti-semitism whether we're talking about um uh other instances and things that have happened um so the votes taking place tonight um our council chambers 2372 whitney avenue um and i'd say a really favorite song right seven now seven o'clock yeah seven o'clock yep um and i i think a, a song that really uh is 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 in my head is probably getaway by big crit okay. um yeah I, I think some of the lyrics really do speak to me um i got love for my people and they got love for me um i know i'm i know my power and what i'm worth um and yeah things of that sort yeah, no, I, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Councilman Rizal Kazmanu, uh, for joining us 
uh, for being in community with us. Uh, let us continue to plant the seeds of change so that we can grow together. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yo, yo, time to play and leave it. All right, see you at the airport.